All right, go to the book of Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter five. This message I'm going to be preaching tonight. I tell you, I hope I hope you'll get this. I, this is one I might. I, I try not to repeat messages too much, uh, but I might do this one again someday on a Sunday morning. You might you might hear this again because this is really important. I, it is really important what I'm going to talk about. Uh, you have, I think you probably do. Uh, after we talk about this, you're gonna definitely agree. You might not have ever thought about it or uh, looked up verses uh, along these lines, but I think it's something that we all just kind of instinctively know. But we're gonna talk tonight about singing and the importance of singing in the house of God. It is huge. I love singing. I like hearing specials. I enjoy the special we heard tonight. I enjoy good specials. I enjoy bad specials. I just I like I like to hear people sing from their heart. I enjoy it, and um, I think it's something that it's uh, it's we need to have. The Bible says we we need to have a song in our heart, and uh, if you have a song in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth, and you're it's singing is just it's a wonderful thing. You know, when you see somebody singing, you can just assume they're in a good mood. It's just. It's something people usually do when they're happy. Unless they're in a really bad mood, a lot of times that's when you sing the country songs and stuff where everybody dies and your girlfriend leaves and all that. Uh, you know, that's, that's the sad stuff or the blues and things like that, which, uh, you know, I'm not into that stuff. You know, there's plenty of junk out in the world that can make you sad. Uh, I prefer the happy stuff. And I don't, I don't need anything to help me get depressed. Uh, I don't need, you know, there's some of the violent music that's out there. Uh, I don't need any of that. I got there's enough stuff out in the world that makes me mad. I don't need music to help me along with that. I need all the positive influence I can, and music um, is a part of that. And one of the biggest one of the biggest areas where you can help in a church service is in the singing. You think, well, I don't want to sing special. I'm not talking about singing special. I'm talking about in just singing in the congregational singing. There's just something about being in an auditorium full of people just singing from their heart. I love it. I love getting around it. You know, we're, you know, we got a smaller building here. You know, we fill this place up and get everybody singing loud. It's gonna, it's gonna sound good. It's gonna be enjoyable. We've had some big crowds in here, and you and you hear that singing, and boy, it's it's exciting. When you hear that, it puts people in a, in a better frame of mind and in a, a good spirit. And you know what? People are going to want to come back for more. And I've been in I've been in some big churches, you know, real big churches where people sang really good, and boy, just you, you love it. And I've been in some where people didn't really care. You can tell big churches, but I've been in some small churches, little churches where man, these people just I mean, they sang their heads off. And I love it. And I mean, you have, and we're going to look at a story in the Bible of some singing that took place. And I tell you, not only do people enjoy good singing and praising God, God enjoys it too. And here we're going to look at a story where some music gets going and takes place, and God shows up. I mean, it brought the glory of God down. And I love this story. You know, it's it's something that we read about. You know, reading about music to me, it's not that exciting. You know, I, I enjoy some classical music and things. And I remember when I was in school taking a music appreciation class, and you're learning about all this music and you know the meaning behind it. But until you actually are hearing the music, it's just it's kind of boring reading about it. You know, who really cares? I, let me hear it. 
And you know, when you're reading this story here, it's like, I wish I could hear what that sounded like. But we can't. It's only kind of in our imaginations. Well, let's look at what happened. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, this is uh, what's happening. It's the dedication of the temple. For years, for hundreds of years, um, the children of Israel, they've been wandering around in the wilderness and they worshiped, uh, they had a tabernacle that they set up in different places. It was always in the midst of wherever they would camp at. And they would worship from there and they never had one place, uh, you know, one building that they had for God's glory or for, uh, to worship at. And then David, he had it in his heart to build the temple, but he had made too many mistakes. God didn't want him building it, so he prepared things for his son. So when his son came along, his son could build this, uh, this temple. And that's exactly what Solomon did. And boy, it was a magnificent place. Um, I've seen pictures of, you know, what it's looked like based on descriptions from the Bible and, and from, uh, Josephus and things like that. And it was a beautiful place. When you when you read about it, a magnificent place that they spared no expense on, and they, I mean, they did it exactly by the details the way God wanted them to. And then it came time to dedicate this temple, and they were excited about it, and God was excited about what they're doing. And then verse eleven it says, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. I love trumpets. Imagine a hundred and twenty of them here, all getting ready to go. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand and minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God." What I mean, we can only imagine what that must have been like. I mean, when they got to sing and they got to praising God, I mean, the glory of the Lord came down. It filled that place. There's a cloud in the place. I mean, the priests, they couldn't even handle it. They couldn't even handle being in there. I'm telling you, when the Lord shows up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shake things up a little bit. I tell you, you know, when God shows up in a service, sometimes I've seen people, you know, they they gotta leave. They don't want to be around for it. They get they get too convicted. They get they get kind of overwhelmed. It kind of scares them. There's other people that are drawn to it that want to be around for it. But one thing that we see here in this passage, and you see throughout the Bible, is that God is always he's he loves being around music and he loves being around singing. We see in the book of Revelation, there's all kinds of singing that's going to be going on in heaven. You might think, well, I don't, I don't like music. I don't like singing. Well, you might not want to go to heaven then. Because there's going to be a lot of it going on in heaven. Uh, Gavin, don't be crawling around, buddy. You need to just sit down. There's going to be a lot of it going on in heaven. And you know what? We're going to be participating in it. We're going to be involved in it. And it's going to be exciting. And, it's going to, and you think, well, I'm not very good at it. Well, in heaven, we'll be glorified. We'll all be real good at it then. But in the meantime, I think God wants us to do our best when it comes to praising Him through song. and But like I said, a lot of people don't want to. But I want us to look at the attitude 
of these priests and the people that were there that were involved in this singing. But notice the priests, they were all present. They're all ready to serve. I mean, it's time to dedicate the temple. And they're all there. Well, that there's a lot we can talk about right there. You know, for our singing to be the way it's supposed to be in the house of God, it's really going to help if when you know go to start the service and lead singing and say, all right, you know, let's all stand and sing this song. It really helps if people are there to sing, doesn't it? <laughs> it helps. And you know what? I mean, the more the merrier when it comes when it comes to singing. I mean, with, I love singing, but I like singing more in groups because. You know, like we saw tonight when I was leading, sometimes my voice likes to crack. Uh, it, it struggles a little bit, and uh, you know, it's not, the more you have it, you kind of cover that up. And you know, and usually the more that are around, it, it gets other people to sing louder, and it just helps. But these people, they were there, they were ready, and this is the one way that we can all participate in the service, be a part of how the service is. So, uh, you know. Uh, I, I think church is boring. I think the song service is boring. Well, maybe it would be a little more exciting if you would sing a little louder. Because if you sang a little louder, the person next to you might sing a little louder. The person next to them might sing a little louder. Before you know it, we might be enjoying ourselves during the singing. And we start, you know, we start singing praise like we're to God. God may enjoy it and want to show up. And wouldn't that be a shame if God showed up for a service? No, it wouldn't. That's exactly what we want. I tell you, the Lord loves to hear our, our praise, and we need to be praising Him. And we're, we're commanded to praise Him. You know, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. I mean, we could go through tons of Scripture verses, and we'll go through some of them. But one that's a one way. And so what is God like about singing? Well, one, it shows... A victorious attitude. Psalms chapter 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I don't think we ought to clap in church. Well, you know, it does say in the Bible, clap your hands, all ye people. Clapping, you know, it's, hey, it's something you do when you're excited. It's something you do when you're happy. It's a victorious thing that you do. We ought to be victorious people. I know we live in a country where everybody wants to be a victim, where people love to be told that they're a victim, where you know we like to have excuses for all our problems and things, but God likes victorious people, especially when we're in bad circumstances. Especially when we are a victim and we're still praising God. For example, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, they were in prison for preaching the Gospel. And these guys, hey, if anybody's a victim, it's Paul and Silas. They're in prison for preaching the Gospel. Not for doing anything bad. For preaching the Gospel. And they're in prison and they still had a victorious attitude. And you know what they did? They sang. And you know what? God showed up for that little service of two people singing praises to God. And there was an earthquake and their chains were loose from them and they ended up leaving that jail. And not without first winning the jailer to Christ and his family. I mean, what an exciting story that was. God loves a victorious attitude. For the Lord, verse 2, for the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nation under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. 
Selah. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. I think we're supposed to sing praises. And then, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of His holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. God loves to hear us sing. He loves to hear praises. He loves a victorious attitude. And that's how we ought to sing in church. Listen, I, I am... I think I'm about as conservative in music as you get. I don't think we ought to be doing rock music in the house of God. I think that's a bunch of garbage. I don't, you know, I don't like the contemporary 7-Eleven stuff. I hate that junk. But one thing I do know is our music is supposed to be victorious. It's supposed to be uplifting. I've gone in some places. I mean, they're so conservative. I mean, they get up there and they do all the opera stuff. I mean, they'll put you to sleep. Hey, there's nothing bad in it, but boy, it's it's not real victorious. It's boring. And, and I, hey, that's not what this is talking about here. Sing praises. We're excited. We're not the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Or, I don't know if it, hopefully you don't listen to the Catholic radio station, but I, if you ever do, uh, you ought to listen to them. There's some of their uh, Gregorian chants that these monks do. I mean, you talk about boring. <laughs> it'll, it'll give you a good laugh. But, uh, Victoria, God likes that. He likes the victorious attitude that shows. It also shows a focused attitude on God, and He can show that even in hard times. Like I said, the songs that we sing here are songs about God. We sing, we sing about Him. Um, I mean, these songs are songs of testimony. These songs have stories behind them. These songs they mean things to us personally, and they remind us of God. You can't help but when you sing the old rugged cross, not think about. The cross that Jesus died on. When you sing about heaven, you can't help but think about heaven. When you sing about songs like we, uh, when we see Christ, you can't help but thinking about when you're going to see Christ someday. And we're supposed to keep our minds on that, especially in church. And that's why we do the singing and stuff at the beginning of the service because we're trying to get ourselves in the right frame of mind before we get to the preaching. We're trying to take some time to worship God. And before the preaching comes, we want our focus to be in the right place. And that singing can help get us there. Psalm 57 verse 1 says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in Thee. Yea, in the shadow of Thy wings I will make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Even during hard times, you know, sometimes when you come to church, there's going to be, you know, not every day is a day of victory for us. Sometimes we're going through hard times. We're facing battles. I mean, who knows what all's going on in people's lives while they're here. But you know what? Sometimes we still we need to try to get our mind off that for a minute. And if we could get our focus on the one who's in control of these situations, it could help us to rely on him like we should instead of relying on ourselves. Verse six says, They have prepared a net for my steps, my soul is bowed down, they have digged a pit before me, into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Sometimes that's what we need to do. I mean it's hard when when you're going through tough times, when you're dealing with trials in your life, it's hard not to think about them all the time. It's hard not to you know focus on those problems. And sometimes the best thing to get our focus right and to get us out of those things is singing. Music. 
I mean, that's why it's good to get your hands on some good music. So you can, you can listen to that and stuff and get that stuff in your head. Not just the latest junk that you've been watching on TV. We need to get, we need to get the right things in our minds. And we can do that even during hard times. That's when God really wants to see it. And you know what? That's sometimes when these songs, they help me the most is when I'm going through hard times. But new songs show a continual working of God in your life. Well, you ought to learn new songs. Psalms 144, verse 9. And when we talk about new songs around here, we're not talking about the new, latest, greatest, up-to-date, you know, hip-hop, you know, hip thing, whatever. We're not talking about that. Psalms 144.9 says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings, while I sing praises unto thee. Alright, we ought to be learning some new songs. We ought to be constantly wanting to... So I like... I like getting new music that I can listen to and learning new songs and having uh, you know just hey, it's more stuff I can praise God with, more stuff that I can sing in church, more that I can use to try to be a blessing to other people. But uh, we ought to be—I mean—getting that stuff in our head. The nice thing about singing too, it's you know if you're like me, I'm not the best at memorizing things, but songs for some reason I can learn songs real fast and. Uh, I'm, I'm good at remembering songs. And I want to have as much of that in my head as possible. But God, God loves singing. But another thing that's great about singing is what singing does for people. Singing, it helps set the mood for the service. Okay? Uh, you know, I don't want this to be a dead, boring church. But you know what? If we're all singing like a bunch of zombies, it's not going to be easy. I mean, you know, it's not only is it going to set the mood of the people in the congregation, but you know, it's going to affect me too. And you know, sometimes there'll be songs that we'll sing. You know, I I put the songs in the bolt and I pick the songs, and sometimes I'm like, you know, what? I want to sing that. I want to have that one before I preach because that song gets me fired up. That's what that song gets me excited. There's been songs that I've sang, uh, you know, as a special right before the service. Like I don't know if this is going to be a blessing to anybody else. But you know what? This song, it just kind of gives me a little jolt. It gets me excited. And you know what? Before I sing or preach a message in this subject, I'd kind of like to hear this song. And I don't know if anybody else knows it, so I'll sing it. But you know, that's why I like other people singing too because it really helps me if it's somebody else singing it. But I like hearing that. It sets the mood for the service. It's uplifting. I tell you, there's, like I said, there's so much stuff going on in the world today. There's so many things people are going through. Church is a place where people ought to be able to come and get uplifted. And our singing can help with that. Another thing too, and people don't like this, this one, but whether they like it or not, so what they need singing sometimes can be convicting. Tell you, there's a lot of songs, especially in our hymn book, that they're pretty convicting. You know, you sing songs like Sweet Hour of Prayer, and like, well, wait a minute. What was the last time I prayed for an hour? Now, there's a lot of songs. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? Now, is your all on the altar? There's there's a lot of songs that when you sing them, they're they're convicting. It's like whoa, and those are really good. And sometimes people they don't like that. They don't like that. But you know what? That that's good. You know, worth a lot of the songs that we sing, the words are taken from the scriptures, and scripture sometimes is convicting. And I tell you, their conviction 
It's something that's missing from a lot of churches today. We had a lady came to church here not long after we started and uh, came here to visit. Good lady. Her dad was a, a circuit riding preacher you know, way back in the day. She was an older lady. And she, I preached a message on conviction that day talking about how conviction is a good thing. And we, you know, we were just getting started and I didn't want folks thinking, hey, you know, don't go running away and not coming back because you got convicted. That's what's supposed to happen in churches. But it doesn't. And she told me, she said, that was the first message I've heard on conviction in a long time. The first message that was convicting in a long time. And you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, she's going to start coming to our church. And <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, she, all her family went to another church. And she wanted to be where her family was at. But I thought, you know, maybe if you came, then the rest of them. Because hey, people need to get convicted. And listen, I don't, I'm not, when I preach, it's not my goal. I don't try to on purpose make people feel bad. But I try to preach the Scriptures, preach the Word, and sometimes you're going to get convicted. And if you do not get right with God, you're going to feel bad. But if you get right with God, you're going to feel great. And conviction, it's good. Singing can be convicting. Singing can also be enlightening. You know, there's some, there's something about music. And one of these days in the near future, I'm hoping to preach a message about music and about the wrong kind of music and why there's certain music we don't have in this church. But singing, it is enlightening. Singing helps us understand things. It helps get a message across. There's the um, Music helps get a message across sometimes that words maybe by itself won't get across, but the music helps. And everybody knows that, by the way, except for Christians. The rock music crowd, they know it. I mean, and some of the stuff that they're pushing, just the immorality, the sensuality, I mean, the, the violence, the garbage that's in some of that music out there, it's promoting an attitude. It's promoting a behavior. That's why uh, if you go to certain, you know, if you go to, if you go to rock concerts and things, you're, the music that these guys sing, they're not going to be wearing a suit and tie. They're going to look like some kind of freak show. Because... You can't sing that kind of stuff and not act like an animal on the stage. Because that's kind of what that, that music... And, and people, sometimes, you know, you'll, you know I, don't, I don't listen to that stuff at all, but you know, sometimes, you know, even my kids, they've, been, they've seen this before, where you're, you'll be driving down the road and all of a sudden some car comes pulling up and you just hear that... You know, just hear that banging. And you're just like, what are they listening to? And why are they listening to that? And you know what? There's a reason that they're listening to that. There is something about that that they understand that maybe you don't because you haven't listened to it. And if you listen to it, you'll understand it and you'll eventually probably like it, but I wouldn't recommend that because then you're going to have a tougher time doing right when you get that kind of garbage in your head. But music, it's enlightening. A lot of the the behavior that's going on in this world today that we don't understand, if we listen to that crowd's music, we probably would understand it a lot better. There's some music, uh, you know, I've been told, I don't, know, I don't understand this, not looking to find out, but for some reason, you, know, you need to be high to enjoy it. Okay, Why? I don't know. I don't want to find out. 
But you know, there's some things spiritually that, uh, that music, it helps get some spiritual messages across. Listen, the devil, he takes everything that's good and he uses it for bad. And he does the same thing with music. And singing, it can be enlightening. It can help us uh, learn things about the Scripture. And it can help us understand some spiritual things. Music, it's a universal language. And music can help get a message across that words alone can't. I've told a story here many times about when we were in, uh, when we went to Israel. We're over there, and you know, when you go to Israel, there's all kinds of religious groups out there. I mean, everybody that calls himself Christian goes out there, and they all go to see the sights and things, and they get out there, and you'll have some of your, your, you know, your groups. They go out there, and you know, one of the things that people do at some of the sites is they like to sing songs. And I remember when we were at the tomb, you know, we went out there, and boy, you know, we're singing. Uh, you know, we're singing our, our songs about the resurrection, and boy, it was exciting. And there were some other groups there, other denominations that, you know, not real sure about. And the songs they were singing, especially some of them Catholic groups, boy, it was just, it was really kind of blind. You know, it wasn't real exciting. I'm thinking, we're at the tomb where Jesus resurrected. Uh, you know, I'd be singing something exciting. And it just, I don't know, just hearing them sing, it just wasn't the same. And there were some people too. You'd even hear them singing in other languages. And then I remember there was—I I, don't—I don't know anything about it, but it was—it was, it was uh, they were of an Oriental nationality. And I remember they were there, and they were singing to God be the glory. And didn't understand. I mean, I knew the words because I knew the song, but they were singing it in their language. And I remember we're all listening to that. And there was there was some, our group. We just there we'd heard lots of groups singing, but we noticed these people. We know the way they were singing. It's like, you know what? I don't even know for sure what language that is, but you know what? I think those are real Christians there. They're one of us. We could tell they were singing our kind of music. Not just because of the song. It was the way they sang it. There's a way that people who are really who are really saved are going to sing. It is a universal language, and you you can just tell. I can tell. Hey, these people are on our side. I can't talk to them. I don't speak their language. They probably don't speak mine. But you know what? I no. There's something told me we're brother, we were brothers and sisters in Christ. I really I really believe that. But music it's a universal language. But there's a lot of reasons and a lot of excuses for why people don't sing. Some people. Don't have anything to sing about. You know what? If you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Savior, that's going to change real fast. There's going to be a lot of songs that you're going to be able to sing. You're going to be, you know, I enjoy the song, you know, Saved by His Power Divine. Saved in your life. I love that song. But if you're not saved, you're not going to get as much out of that song. There's there's just going to be something about it that's not that exciting. When we all get to heaven, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, that's not, that song's not going to mean the same thing. But boy, when you get that salvation and you know you're going to heaven, and all of a sudden you hear all these people singing when we all get to heaven, hey, so am I. That song, it's going to be different when you're saved. You ask Jesus in your heart, you're going to have something to sing about real quick. As you grow in Christ, for example, you know you might you know count your blessings. You start seeing how God blesses your life in different areas after you get saved, and how God has done a work in your life. And uh, you know, Brother Troy, before service, he was talking about all these miracles God did in his life, and all these blessings. And he's he's just talking about all these blessings, all these blessings since he got saved. And you know what? I guarantee you, count your blessings. 
is going to mean a lot more to him than somebody who's not saved. And it's, and you know what? As time goes on, I know you're going to stay saved. God's not going to take that away from you. And you stay faithful to Him, and more blessings are going to come along. And count your blessings. It's going to, songs like that are going to mean more to you. I mean, there's so many I could think of that uh, you know, songs about God's provision and about God's uh, God's protection, and that are just going to get you excited. Since we've been doing this study through the Book of Revelation, I, I've got I've got all these songs on my iPod right now about the coming of Christ, and I've just been listening to them a lot more and, and just enjoying them even more. Because as I've learned more about that coming of Christ, it's got me even more excited about it. And you know, I, I, other people who maybe aren't saved who, or who haven't been saved very long who don't know the Scriptures in that area, not, they're not going to get as excited about it. And there, there's, a, some, there's some lines in some of those songs that just get me excited. I mean, they really, they really help me. And I'm telling you, you trust Christ as your Savior, you start serving Him, you're going to have plenty to sing about. I'm not saying it's going to make you a good singer, but you're going to be wanting to sing. And you're going to have a lot to sing about. But many people, the reason they don't sing is they're too focused on themselves instead of focusing focused on God. I've known people that have been saved for a long time, but still, they've never gotten that victorious attitude. They've always looked on the negative side of everything. They're always talking about all their problems, and I'm telling you, I don't care how good things are, if you're focused on yourself, yeah, you're not going to have a whole lot to sing about. Because the best we will ever be is just a sinner saved by grace. That's the best we can be. But thankfully, we have a God who will always be and always is holy. And we have something to sing about when we keep our focus on Him. Many times, people, it's because of pride, they don't want to sing. And listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you folks here that I'm expecting everybody to start singing specials in church, alright? Okay, hey, listen, God gives people different gifts in different areas, and if that's not your thing, you know, that's not your thing. Okay, I, I understand that. I'm not going to get mad and think y'all aren't right with God if you're not singing a special in church next Sunday, okay? But, but singing though means singing in your heart to the Lord. That's something that's for everybody. Okay, the congregational singing, it's something we can all all be involved in. You know, and even even if you're not really singing, hey, you can look like you're singing. You know, if you're just standing like a zombie, you know, hey, at least, you know, on some of those high notes, you know, start turning red or something. It'll it'll look like you're singing out and other people will sing out too. You know, it'll it'll get it'll get the song leader more excited uh, and, and more happy. But people they get there's there's pride and there's two kinds of pride in singing. There's those who love to hear themselves sing. Because they think they're so great, <laughs> you know. We, you know, we've seen those before. And listen, I, I joke about this, and I'm not joking. This is actually a true statement. You're gonna think I'm bragging, but it's not bragging. But I'm my favorite. I am my favorite singer. I think, wow, that's very proud. That's very boastful. I didn't say I'm the best singer. <laughs> I know for a fact that's not true. It's just I like to sing. I really enjoy it, and you know. I enjoy hearing a good special too. I love hearing a good special. But I enjoy singing the special even more. And it's not that I think I'm the best. I know I'm not the best. But I like doing it. Not because I think, you know, sometimes I get nervous. Like, you know, oh man, you know, 
people are probably sick of hearing me sing. You know, I, I, I know I'm not the best singer. I know I'm not that good. Sometimes I'm afraid that maybe, you know, uh, you know, people are probably dreading hearing me sing. I don't know if that's the devil or if it's really true. If it is, don't tell me. But you know, you worry about that. But there's some people they do. They just think they're great. They think that they are God's gift to everybody's ears, and they like to get up and just showcase their talents. Hey, that that's not right. Okay, that of course is not right. We're supposed to be singing to the Lord. But then there's also those who, because of pride, they are afraid of what everyone thinks. They could. They could do it. They'll say, oh, I'm just a shy person. That's who I am. Hey, if God gave you a talent, you ought to use it. We talked about that this morning. You ought to use that talent. You ought to do something with it. And you ought to try to be a blessing. You use that talent for other people. Because here's the thing. While singing, I said, I enjoy it myself. But you know, my ultimate goal and desire when I sing is to, one, to praise God, and two, hopefully be a blessing to somebody else. That's, that's ultimately what I'm looking for. It's our, the, our talents that we have, they're not to be used just for our benefit. They're to be used for the Lord and to be a blessing to other people. And when you get up and you sing, praises to God, it is a blessing to other people. And maybe uh, I don't want to do it. I'm too embarrassed. Hey, if God gave you that gift, if God gave you that ability, He expects you to use it for His glory. And you know, if that's if yours is something else, you know, then do that something else. But God, listen, God loves singing, and we ought we ought to at least want to be involved in this story that we looked at in Second Chronicles. I mean, we we've got all the all the instruments that are together. We've got. And they're all. The Bible says the, all the instruments and all the singers they made, as it were, one sound. They're all they're all together in this. I mean, it was clear they were singing the same song. I remember one time my dad to do an illustration. He went and he uh, he told the song leader. He's like, I want you to have the congregation stand up to sing a song and tell them to turn to this page and sing this song. And but then when you start leading the song. I want you to sing another song. And then my mom was at the piano and he told my mom, I want you to play this other song. And the lady at the organ said, I want you to play a different song. And yeah, I played the guitar sometimes in church and I said, I want you to I want you to play a different song in the guitar. And we all got up there and we all just started doing all these different songs at the same time. And it was one of the worst sounding things you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> and, you know, and the piano was good, the singing was good, the organ, but it wasn't together. And it just, uh, it was bad. But boy, with, with music, there's something about that unity together. We went and saw uh, Samuel and Daniel, their uh, choir, they sang a song. And it had eight parts in it. Okay? Eight parts, but it was all, it was all harmonized. Okay? It all it came together to make one sound. It was it was really neat. It was awesome. And there's something about that. When we are all with with singing, it's one way that we can get everybody focused on the same thing at one time. If we can get everybody in here focused on God. Focus on whatever it is. Maybe it's his holiness when we sing holy, holy, holy. 
Maybe if we get focused, I mean, whatever whatever the song's about, God's going to see that. And when He sees that unity and that focus, it's going to not only is it going to cause other people. I, I guarantee you, nobody, nobody, when they were playing that song and singing that song, there's no doubt probably thousands of people watching this take place. I don't think there was another song that anybody had in their head at that time. You're not going to be able to think about any other song at that time. Because that's all you can hear. That's all everybody's doing. And you know what? There's a lot of stuff that the devil has out there that's going into people's heads. I mean, who knows what's going on through people's minds. But the singing is a way that we can all get it all focused and get it all to come together. And who knows? The glory of the Lord may show up in that service. I've seen the Lord do that where He started moving in the service during the song service. Not during the preaching. During the song service. I tell you, there are some songs that preach really good. And that's something that we can all be involved in. That we can all play a little part in. And that, in that singing, it's such an important part of church. It's something that, uh, that God loves. God, there's a song, I know God wants to hear you sing. He wants to hear you do it. He wants you to have that song in your heart. You know, sometimes when I'm driving down the road and I'm by myself, I'll be listening to music. And man, you know, a lot of, I don't have much of a range. A lot of stuff I listen to, but my voice, it, it cracks something terrible. I can't reach the notes to save my life. But you know what? It doesn't stop me from trying. I just, I just kind of have some fun with it. You know, because I, I want to praise God. And God wants you to do that same thing. And I hope you do that. So let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed.